He's a former NFL defensive end who had a 10-year career playing for the Eagles, Bears, and Panthers, the Bills and Dolphins as well. He was a member of the Panthers 2003 team that made it to the Super Bowl. He played his college football at Maryland. He's a husband and a father, and he joins us to talk faith, football, and life. Al, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Excited to be on with you today. All right. Well, we're, we're fired up as well. And of course, it's it's the NFL playoffs. And, and as a defensive guy, what do you think about the four teams playing in the conference championships being the top four offensive teams in the league for the first time? Yeah, you know, I, I don't like those offensive guys. Uh, <laughs> it, it makes me cringe to think about all those quarterbacks especially Tom Brady, who uh, kind of stared us down there in 2004 and, and took our championship in a hard-fought battle there in Houston uh, to win that Super Bowl 38. But, I mean, it's going to be great. What a, what a great uh, group of matchups here, the AFC and the NFC. And I really like the two veteran guys, Tom Brady and then Drew Brees on the other side for the NFC to really meet up in the Super Bowl. And uh, those are gonna go, that one's going to go down for the ages if they're able to make it to a Super Bowl, two Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks. What what do you think, just from the, a defensive perspective, makes each one of those hard to, to, to stop and, and what has allowed them to, to sustain the level of success that they've been able to have? Well, without a doubt, they have uh, extraordinary talent, uh, arm talent, uh, football skills. But for me, the thing that separates those two from the pack is between the ears. is their understanding of the game, that football IQ that they have, uh, to kind of decipher and just dismantle defenses, what they can do uh, with the ball, making checks at the line of scrimmage, getting their guys into great positions. And they might be two of the most accurate quarterbacks in the history of our league. So uh, it's it's great to see them still being able to do it uh, at the age they are, way up there 40 years old or so, um, to still be able to do it. And they can do that because they're so smart, they're so prepared, and a lot of young guys can take notes from that especially guys like Patrick Mahomes will be facing Brady uh the preparation that goes into being that great that level of preparation really can uh separate you from a group of guys that are really really good and makes you great absolutely Al Wallace our guest right now on unpacking it and and you mentioned playing uh, against the Patriots in the Super Bowl when, when you were with the the Panthers and and, and even going beyond Tom Brady well, you know, every year we kind of ask these same questions. You know, how, how do the, the, the Patriots get back every year? And to think that, that you played against, uh, what, 15 years ago and they're, they're still doing it, uh, you know, we always try to figure out what, what the story is. What's your perspective on, on how this team remains so good, so consistent? Yeah, it's Brady and it's Belichick and it's uh, the system that they have. You look at organizations and you look at these football teams across uh, the NFL and there's a bunch of changes every year. There's a black Monday and coaches are getting fired and in free agency, you see the shift of players from team to team. You don't see that in new England. And I think that's helped them to sustain a level of excellence that has uh, gotten them five Super Bowl rings. And when you're able to do that, that continuity, that consistency inside the locker room, with the coaching staff, uh, players are really able to build build on that uh, system that they use, and it's really what it is. I'm not taking anything away from Brady and his skill set and what he's able to do, um, but these guys understand their jobs. They're able to execute it and do it well, and it goes back to Belichick. Hey, you have one job. 
do your job. Don't try to do anything else. And the guys they bring in are really, really good at that. They buy into that system. They know they're going to win championships, and you're going to consistently see them as contenders every time we get to January and it's playoff season. <laughs> There's no question. We're just It's just part of the routine. Hey, it's the playoffs, and it's the Super Bowl, and the Patriots are there. We're, we're talking with Al Wallace right now on Unpacking It. Played uh, defensive end in the NFL for 10 years. And, and you played for multiple teams, multiple head coaches. And, and now the, nobody's like Bill Belichick. He, he's kind of separated himself as a great head coach, a legendary head coach, maybe the best ever. But from your experience and, and being in different locker rooms and, and being under you know, the leadership of different head coaches, what makes a great NFL head coach? And, and we you know, recently have seen seven or eight head coaches get hired uh, in, in the offseason this year. And so everybody's trying to find the, the, the next guy. What, what, what really resonated with you as a player when you looked to the head coach? It's really balance. Uh, you know, I played under Andy Reid and, and John Fox here with the Carolina Panthers. I was, been, I was coached uh, by Ron Rivera, who's now the head coach for the Panthers, uh, my time in, in Philadelphia under Andy Reid. So I think for a good head coach, what I found is great balance. A guy who understands kind of when to push the buttons, when to push down on the gas and squeeze that orange and get the most out of his guys, get the most juice out of them. But a, a guy who's kind of played the game, maybe understands that you need a break. And it's a grueling, physical, taxing game on the body. And, and you have to understand those signs that you see in your players uh, when you need to take a day off, when you need a rest, when those veterans uh, need to stand on the sidelines during training camp with the caps on. I think coaches who are able to kind of do that, keep that discipline, keep that kind of respect, uh, keep the, the message and, and the understanding, uh, the buy-in from the guys in the locker room do a really good job. And the balance not only goes through the coaching staff, but in that locker room, a good mix of older guys and veterans. And the teams I've played for, especially here in the Carolinas, had a great group of veteran leadership uh, on our football team. You think about Julius Peppers at the time, who was a second-year player when we went to the Super Bowl all the way up on that defensive line with guys like Brinson Buckner, who's now the defensive line coach out with the Oakland Raiders, uh, played 12 years in the NFL. You have that type of balance. It really helps your young guys learn the blueprint on how to be a pro right there with guys that are in those meeting rooms with them, and they don't have to hear it from the coaches all the time. Mm, that's a great perspective. Al Wallace, our guest right now on Unpacking It, former NFL defensive end. And and, and we, we've mentioned a couple times the, the, the Super Bowl run that the Panthers – went on uh it was the 2003 season and, and you guys go you know all the way to the super bowl and and fall to the the patriots and really an epic game but but now that it's it's playoff time what what kind of memories come come back for you and and what was the the week-to-week experience like throughout the playoffs and and really it was such a special run but but what what comes to mind when you look back well, it, it really came down to the beginning of the season when Jake DeLone comes in that football game against the Jacksonville Jaguars down maybe 17 points and, and really caps off that victory with a touchdown pass to Ricky Pro. Uh, it's just an improbable uh, group of characters that made up that football team. I don't think we realized uh, throughout the process how good we were or what we were about to embark on in a journey that would end up in Houston in a Super Bowl against the Patriots. Uh, but we just went out there, and, and with that lack of understanding, I think it just helped us go out every day 
and just scrap and fight because we felt like we were a bunch of tossaways, a bunch of throwaway guys that, you know, teams had given up on. And that really motivated us. And we were a really close-knit group. Um, if I remember anything about that season, it was how – uh, close we were, how much we loved one another and how much, uh, you know, we really enjoyed going out there, not just on Sundays, but practice. The walk from uh, the locker room out to the practice field at Bank of America Stadium, those, every moment we spent together was memorable and was exciting. Uh, and to be in a Super Bowl, once we ran out of that tunnel and realized where we were and who we were facing, we knew we were going to leave it all out on the field. And I think if you look at that film, and we do from time to time every year when the Super Bowl comes up, we relive it. Uh, we are okay. very proud of what we, we put on that football field uh, as individuals, just taking that in and knowing that uh, we probably shouldn't have been there, but we were. And, man, did we go toe-to-toe with a team that is now considered one of the you know, best uh, franchises in the history of our game. That's right. And so, so the, the close-knit bond that, that you guys had, how much of that had to do with, with the faith of the locker room and, and, and guys you know, having deeper relationships that, that were based on the, the time that you guys had in, in Bible studies and, and that kind of thing? Well, we did. And I mean, it's a number of groups. It's, it's like anywhere else you go and uh, any other uh, profession you, you take on. Uh, that football team was made up of a cast of characters and, um, you know, a, a huge part of that. And, and it really, you know, started with guys like John Casey and Mike Rucker and Mike Minner, who kind of founded and, and had this Bible study group that we're all a part of. And uh, I remember just it being an open door, that door was always open and they were always willing to accept guys in there, uh, to sit in, uh, to understand the word. Uh, and I was one of those guys that kind of had one foot in and one foot out. Uh, but when I was in and when I sat down and I listened to those guys, man, they really, uh, encouraged me. They really, uh, were, were examples for me as a father, a young father and a young man and, and someone on a up and down journey in the NFL had, uh, you know, a target to shoot for. And they were just great guys. And guys like Mike Minner and, and Mike Rucker and those guys are, are really good friends of mine now because of who they were as men and what they believed, their faith and their conviction. And that really stuck stuck with me until today. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I want to hear more about that. We're going to take a quick break, but we've got plenty more with Al Wallace, former Carolina Panther, played 10 years in the NFL. This is Unpacking It. And we're back with Al Wallace here on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. We're talking faith, football, and life. And, and Al was just sharing about that, that special Carolina Panthers team that, that went to the, the Super Bowl back in 2004 when they, they took on the New England Patriots. And, and, and Al, you, you talk about being a, a young player during that, that season and during that time of your career with the Panthers and, and looking up to, to veteran players and not only who they were as, as football players, but who they were as people. When, when you look back at, at, at that time and, and you even look back at your, your NFL career, how have some of those experiences, the, the impact that those guys had on you affect you today? And how does that play out into the man that Al Wallace is today? Yeah, that that journey throughout my journey, uh, my specific journey through the NFL really shaped who I am as a father and a and a friend and you know just a a person who lives in Charlotte now. 
uh, and able to experience the life that I have. I mean, the NFL uh, was a little rocky for me, in and out of the league, a uh, bunch of injuries, an undrafted guy, probably very unlikely to make it. I uh, ended up playing, uh, piecing together 10 seasons um, but I really feel like there was a big awakening when I got here to Charlotte. Um, I, I was I was able to get around a group of guys that kind of, you know, helped me kind of remove myself from some of the things, some of the distractions that the NFL brings. Uh, and and it, it's it's tough. I mean, being a 20-year-old, 20-something-year-old guy, and you have money in your pocket and everything outside of that locker room that is, that's pulling on you, um, you know, to participate in, in things that uh, probably aren't conducive to being a husband and a father uh, and a great person in the community. So uh, just being around like, some of those guys I named um, who were doing things the right way, as I consider, you know, it really helped. You really need uh, a team, not just on the field, but off the field and to be a pro. And to have, uh, you know, some great men around me really uh, helped me focus my life. It really helped me uh, kind of zone in on the things that I needed to do and who I wanted to be. Uh, when I got here, I had a little year old daughter who's now 18, believe it or not, getting ready to go to college here. But wow. uh, it really helped me focus on that priority and being there for her and what kind of legacy, what kind of man that I want to be when she was 18 and was able to look at and understand uh, men and her dad. And I wanted to be that. And, you know, a lot of the things, a lot of the friends, a lot of the routine that I had, you had to separate yourself from that. And I had Mike Buckley, who was our team chaplain at the time, and John Casey and those guys. I can always go in there and lay heavy stuff on them if that was needed or, or just listen, sit in the back corner. And they were okay with that. And, man, did that make a difference in my life? And I'm, I'm positive that I'm sitting here. Uh, so many doors are open to me because of that, because of changing my life in 2002 and deciding to just simply be a better person. Wow. We're talking with Al Wallace here on Unpacking It, former NFL defensive end. Since then, how, how has your, your faith grown and, and, and just your understanding of, of who God is and, and, and how you know, important day-to-day it is seeking him and, and following him and, and understanding his word? How, how does that, that play in, in, in your own life? It plays out every day in everyday decisions. And I, I grew up in South Florida and I grew up in uh, around violence and around drugs uh, in, in the home uh, just outside my doors. And that really uh, makes you jaded to life a little bit. And you kind of, as much as you want to remove yourself from it, it kind of pulls you in and you kind of follow some of those same foot, footsteps. And I talk about my daughter, my 18-year-old daughter who was born in 2000. Uh, and, and I do that because when I looked at her, I think for the first time in my life, you know, I was maybe 28 years old, I realized how real God was and the responsibility that I had to her uh, to, to be a big dad and to be there and, and to provide and those things uh, that were going to make a difference. And it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about all the things that I could accomplish on the field. And through being in those Bible studies and through faith in the Word of God, I realized uh, you know, that the time I spent with her and the example I was going to be was going to be the, the legacy that I would leave her and the thing that, that was gonna, she was going to remember. Um, so it's been so important. I'll be turning 45 here. I actually have uh, my fifth child due in February oh, and still family and, and my faith and my love uh, for that 
group of seven of us is going to be here coming in February uh, just makes a huge difference in my life. And knowing that that focus and leaning on uh, God's word and his promises uh, can get me through anything. And there's been some tar- dark times, been some ups and downs uh, professionally and personally, but I've always come through. And that's because I believe uh, in the promises uh, in the word that I read. And it's just been fantastic uh, to have that kind of burden lift off of you, that worry that most of us go through every day, um, you know, as you go through life. Amen. Al Wallace with us right now on Unpacking It. And and, and you mentioned uh, multiple kids, but but also your your wife. Uh, what have you learned about marriage and, and what what words of wisdom do you cling to when, when it comes to the, just living out the, the life of a husband? It's just been a wonderful process. My wife is is unbelievable, and she is uh, so patient, um, so patient with me. And I've uh, learned family uh, because of my own situation growing up. She has the most wonderful family that I could ever have imagined. And, oh, and watching that and understanding from her father, her brother, um, my brother-in-law married to her sister, the type of man you want to be and being humble enough, uh, you know, in my own uh, life to take those things that I admired so much from her family. It's just been great. And she's uh, just such a loving person. Um, you taking me back to meeting her and that smile that kind of, you know, just sucked me in um, with the kids and patient with me uh, with some ups and downs and everything that comes along with the NFL career um, and post-career and those types of things and raising kids and working together. She's taught me patience and and really love and how to love um, and really how to accept love because of the way I grew up, uh, it wasn't easy. You kind of block certain things off to protect yourself. And now I've learned to open up and be okay with people taking care of me, loving me, and accepting me for who I am on a day-to-day basis. Wow, that, that's that's powerful. So, so as you think back to some of the tough things that that you had to deal with growing up, how important has it been for for you to to then pour into the next generation, or to you know just to to be a a, a role model and, a, and even a, a mentor to younger guys that, that you know are experiencing you know, tough backgrounds in the moment or even guys in the NFL that, that you come in contact with that you know had a similar background that, that you can offer you know, advice and, and encouragement to? I think it, it's what drives me every day. I think it, it wakes me up. Uh, it gives me the motivation to go out there and uh, try to do anything I can to change lives. Uh, I really made that decision uh, when I was at the University of Maryland uh, as a teenager, did not realize it uh, at that time, but um, I feel like that was something that that maybe God put in my heart to want to do. Uh, I didn't grow up with a lot of positive male role models around me. The guys that were, the men that were, were teachers and administrators and football coaches. So at the University of Maryland, uh, I decided I wanted to be a coach and I wanted to be a teacher. I thought that would be the easiest way for me to get in front of young people to be able to change lives, to give them the same opportunity, the same motivation uh, that some great men back in South Florida did uh, for me. So that's what I have a degree in. It was education. Uh, And as I moved on and through the NFL and being able to use this platform, I've been able to train guys as they transition from the uh, college ranks to the pro ranks 
prior to their pro days and going to the combine. And I found out that I did more talking than I did training and prepping them. They mm. understood football. They're ranked rare, very highly. They know what to do. But the questions I would get was about the life mm. and the finances and things they were going to face. And I wasn't bringing it to them. At least I didn't think I was the one initiating those conversations, but it gave me a great opportunity to talk with guys like Khalil Mack, uh, that's with the Chicago Bears, and Kwan Short right here who got drafted by the Carolina Panthers, be able to talk to those guys about being a pro when they're 20, when they're 21, before they enter the NFL and face those things, those obstacles and hurdles that I had to. So I do public speaking uh, to groups all around the Carolinas, uh, try to talk to kids and, and be around young people because I just want to be able to impact and touch at least one person the way I was to change a life because I am not supposed to be sitting here. I know I'm not supposed to be sitting here, but I am. And it's because people invested a little bit of time and a lot of conversation in me to give me the understanding that there was a life out there for me and I had to just go get it. I love it. Al Wallace, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And, and we're, we're running out of time, but, but appreciate your, your heart and, and passion and, and love uh, just hearing a little bit about your, your story today. The, the final question, because I, I know you, you do a lot of an analysis in, in Charlotte covering the Carolina Panthers, kind of in, in 30 seconds or so, the, the, the one big storyline that you're following during the offseason for the Panthers to kind of get back on track next season. Uh, it has to be number one, the top dog down there, Bank of America Stadium, the health of Cam Newton's shoulder. Is he going to be healthy enough to start uh, the 2019 football season? Are they going to bring somebody in to uh, get a be a backup in case he doesn't make it? We don't want to see him go the Andrew Luck route where he misses an entire football season, but so much of this team hinges on Cam Newton's right shoulder. Can he get healthy enough to be the guy that we know that we saw in 2015 and won the MVP? That's right. Got to get him back healthy for sure. Well, Al, man, awesome to talk with you. You, you were on, of course, the, the Super Bowl team that, that I was a huge fan of. So, so to be able to, uh, to talk to, to one of the guys that were a part of that, that special season back in 2003 with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, really, really appreciate you joining us today, and we'll, we'll definitely catch up again soon. Yeah, I had a great time. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Absolutely. There's Al Wallace joining us here on Unpacking It.